your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. Welcome to Season 3, everyone. Thank you for tuning in so much. We're really glad you're here, and we're really glad to be here as well. You're joined by myself, JP, and the rest of our team, Xenia, Tracy, Lee, and our long-lost EP, Leisha, who's finally come back from her one-month trip in Malaysia. Woo! Yay! So, before we go into some of the segments we'll be doing tonight, uh, let me tell you about some of the the songs that you listened to just now. First up, you listened to Girls by Aespa, and after that, we played Last Sequence by WJSN. So, uh, like every other show, we always have interesting things to talk about, uh, one of them being some stories from Leisha and about her time in Malaysia. We have some news from Anime Expo, which happened earlier, and some interesting discussion around the greatest film of all time, Minions. So, make sure to stay tuned for those things, but before then, take a listen to Undo by Hazy. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. Really glad you could catch us on air because that last song was Catch Me in the Air by Rina Sawayama. But before that, we also played Undo by Hazy and Ungodly Hour by Kiss Noe. Now, for the long-awaited segment, the return of Leisha. Woo! We've been missing her for the past month because uh, if you didn't know, she was in Malaysia during that time visiting some family and going around doing some touristy things. But uh, fortunately, she is now back. And she has a few interesting stories to tell us about. Hey guys! Oh, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, who is this mysterious <laughs> voice literally popping out, out of nowhere? Um, I guess, wait, first thing we should start acknowledge the elephant in the room besides my voice just projecting out of nowhere is happy season three, guys! Yay! The halfway point! The halfway point that is true. Uh, Welcome to season three of APN, everyone. And uh, I guess the second elephant in the room is, yeah, who am I? What the hell? Um, Hi, it's me, Leisha, the executive producer of Asia Foundation, who has been a bit MIA during the last few episodes of our show i feel if you're a listener that has been listening for the past few episodes my voice has been missing in action i feel but oh gosh leisha where did you go where was i the whole time um <laughs> yeah no i just went back home to the motherland back to malaysia during the holidays and i'm still in the let's just say recovery phase because i literally just dropped back to melvin last night <laughs> as we're recording this so apologies in advance if my um, if I'm just going all over the place. But yeah, happy to be back, guys. Yay. Don't miss me. Did Our leader me? is back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Leisha. We have missed you. Oh, you did. You miss me. Oh, <laughs> you did. We did. Like, I guess, I don't know. Do you guys have any like questions and stuff during my time off? Um, well, I, I'm I'm wondering, Leisha, did you have a good time in Malaysia? Was it fun? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I would say huh? probably for I think most people who are traveling during this time, 
um and they're like for example traveling back to their home country or just traveling back to a place where like most of their family live is you probably sum it up as the time being quite emotional which is yeah mm. that's kind of what happened i haven't seen my family again since the whole pandemic oh boy we love that but yeah so it was a little bit it was quite fun but also i guess quite emotional just seeing faces that i haven't seen in quite a long time and obviously a lot of things have changed since the past two years like you know just the case of certain family members not being around anymore and just i don't know why i'm going in like a somber mode but you know again just big changes i think just malaysia as a whole like the environment everything i felt like i don't know i felt like it was truly the time where i felt very separate from malaysia almost oh really Uh, like yeah i don't i don't know how to explain it it's just like i guess things change so much that like For example, even just the small things like, oh, my favorite, like, hawker stall doesn't exist anymore. You know? Oh, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, like... Oh, my nieces and nephews. I remember them at this age, but now they're much yeah, older Yeah, they're all now. grown up and stuff. Oh, my yeah. God. I have that as well. My and, goodness. like, just yeah. everyone's in, like, obviously, because past two to almost, like, three years, everyone's in completely different stages in their life and things change and stuff. So coming back to there, it's kind of like, like, I know Malaysia, but I don't really know it as much anymore. And it feels very, like, and why I say it's quite emotional. And I guess why I'm going on a bit of, like, a somber mode, because it was nice. It was fun. But also very like, hmm, things are really not the same anymore. Yeah, time, time <laughs> passes, man. It just goes. Yeah. <laughs> Brightening things up a bit though, Alicia, I did want to ask. What was like something really small that the minute you touch down in Malaysia, you're like, I need to do this, I need to do this. Oh, um... Like a food or like see something. <laughs> it's definitely the food. Um, <laughs> it's just like one of those things that, one of my most favorite foods that I just can't get it here in Australia. I mean, it does exist in like a bunch of dim sum places, but it's just not in the familiar taste as what I grew up in in Malaysia. It's like prawn chichong fun. And like, I don't know how to explain what it is. Like a, it's like a rice noodle, but like wrapped in prawn or whatever. Google it in your own time. But I just, it's been something I was like, oh, I was craving so much. And then the moment I touched down to Malaysia and I went to like a dim sum place with my sister and I was able to eat it. Oh, oh my God. Brain, like millions of flashbacks to be eating it so many times as a kid. And I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's like that scene from Ratatouille. You know, Literally. Like, oh my the- God. I was <laughs> being my, what's the guy's name? Ego. I was living. Yeah, Ego. Ego's life there. Oh, cute. Like the music and everything. <laughs> So that does that happen every time you eat anything in Malaysia? Uh, <laughs> mainly the ones that just have like a special memory. I feel I don't know. Like I'm not freaking. I'm not gonna eat like durian and be like, oh my god, flashback scene. Like, Sorry to the durian lovers. I know I might get like my Malaysian passport revoked, but do not like durian. And I came back home right at like durian season, so that was all that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, that's cool. Did he do did he do anything like exciting or like holiday when you were there? Oh, like, I really 
I really wanted to, like, I wanted to go to other states and stuff, but I just didn't have the time. I mean, uh-huh. I, I thought I was off for quite a long time, but then once, I guess once you're actually in the country, you suddenly realize like, oh shoot, I don't have enough time to do like yeah. 90% of things I wanted to do. I did like the most touristy thing ever, which was going to like the Petronas Twin Towers for the first time ever. And uh-huh. I guess... If you're someone who's ever Googled, like, I want to go to Malaysia for the first time, where do I go? That was the first place I went to when I went to Malaysia. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) It is the most touristy of touristy spots ever, but I've never been there in my life. And that was my first time ever going to it. And I took, oh my God, my sister, she helped me to take like 20 billion photos in there. I was like, this is my life as a Malaysian born and raised living the tourist dream. But yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's often the case, right? Like people who actually are from specific cities never go to visit the tourist hotspots in those cities. Mm. Like there are specific monuments and buildings that are always like tourist must do's, <laughs> must go to this place. And then actual people are just like, why would you go there? Or, you know, we really never go there because there are Is too there many anything tourists. in Melbourne? The Eureka oh. Tower, I've never been. Oh, like, so. oh I, I don't feel like it's worth going. <laughs> It's just a tall building, man. It's just a tall building. Malaysia probably has a better tall building, you know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to I mean, is towers. it true, Alicia? Have you been to the Eureka Sky Tower? The Eureka Sky Tower? I've also not been to the Eureka Sky Tower. Oh, okay. I just, well, you'll I be disappointed if you've been to the Malaysian one. <laughs> My two cents. Yeah, Petronas Twin Towers, it's also just another tall building, but apparently they have like the film, what's it? They have like the orchestra based there, like the Malaysian Film Harmonic Orchestra. They're based there and it's Petronas Twin Towers. So you see a lot of like F1 car things because I guess if you keep up with Mercedes, Petronas is one of the cars that like one of the brands that helps with Mercedes or something. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm an F1 expert which i'm not but yeah yeah guys any other questions i guess i don't it's very awkward we're talking about myself so i don't know how to naturally progress the combo what's the dumbest thing that uh, happened there in malaysia oh uh, well, uh, <laughs> i can't think of any like, like like you just saw it like something happened and you just laugh at it because it's so dumb what happened like probably the Probably the t- thing that I told you guys that I can't say on air that happened with oh. me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to dog my <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I was in shock. Oh. I can think of another one. What? Is that when you got splashed by water? Oh, my God! <laughs> huh? <laughs> What's this, Lee? Oh, no. This is so <laughs> bad. It's just water. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was also the Petronas Twitter. You know how I'm talking about how happy I was, like, uh, living my tourist dreams, finally going to like a tourist spot, mm-hmm. but actually going there as a local person. Wow. So at Petra's Twin Towers, outside of it, they have these little water features, but they're ones that like, how do I explain it? It's like ones that you can kind of go through without splashing, like getting the water splashed on you, but oh. you have to like go through the, this hole specifically. If you don't, you're just going to get splashed. And I saw a bunch of kids like doing that. And I was with my nieces and nephews and they wanted to do that too. Um, and then of course they look at me, they're like, Auntie Lisha, come do it with us. And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Uh, and then I went, it was so bad my sister was recording too at the same time. And it was just, yeah, I went in with them, but I was too 
tall, so I didn't like I didn't do a cross examination of like the distance or some weird thing, and I got splashed by the water in front of all the tourists and foreigners oh that were out God. there, and they all just turned. And they're like, "God, wait, how badly did it get splashed? Was it like a big, you know, uh... were you drenched <laughs> on a scale yeah. of one to ten? How oh. drenched were you? Okay, so my hair was like completely soaked, and then my oh. my shirt was oh. like, oh no, eighty percent drenched. And thank God I was wearing like black sweatpants or whatever, so you couldn't really tell. But I'm pretty sure my sweatpants also completely drenched. Oh but, my god! But my t-shirt was wearing like a bright yellow. <laughs> So you can oh, see no. the patch that was specifically wet, and it was so the it was so embarrassing walking all the way back to the car park because like you have to go to KLCC the mall, and that is probably one of the most packed and popular malls in all of KL. So it's just so many people, and they're just looking at me, just completely drenched with my whole family. Um. That was a great moment. Yeah, so good. Thanks for reminding me, Lee. <laughs> what did your nephew and nieces say? They were just laughing the whole time. They yeah, feels bad. Feels bad. I know. Probably. God, they're gonna remember that. Like from many years later, as the my only attribute as an auntie <laughs> to them. <laughs> remember, kids, don't follow children into fountains. You might get. <laughs> Don't follow young children into fountains if you are a tall ass adult. <laughs> exactly, words right. of wisdom. Five foot people only. Yeah, sorry, asses. sorry. One hundred seventy three centimeters. Leisha should have never done any of this. Oh, Unbelievable. Damn. <laughs> Either way, Leisha, we're glad to have you back. Yay! Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Happy oh. to be back, too. Fully, y'all are going to get so tired of my voice for this whole season. <laughs> and I'm going to be there 24-7 again, all day. <laughs> He's back. I think they're tired of my voice already, Leisha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to talk anymore. I just want you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> happy to uh replace yeah <laughs> but yeah no happy to be back and i guess oh my god can i do the i haven't done this in so long yes you can <gasps> the ending thing happy season three everyone and i hope all you listeners stick around for what we have in store for this whole new season and yeah Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Wahoo! Woo! <laughs> Yahoo! Wahoo! Hey, hey, hey! You're listening to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just listened to Anarchy by Official High Dan Sim, but before that, we also played Tamashi no Ibasho by Macaroni and Pizza and Habit by Sekai no Owari. Now, next up, we have a discussion about Anime Expo, that big thing that happened in America. Uh, lots of cool, interesting shows and movies were announced during that time, so let's hear all about it. So, recently in Los Angeles on July 1st, they held the Anime Expo. You guys know what that is? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> Either way, for those that don't know what Anime Expo is, it is a big anime convention and like so super super big and it's usually the convention where a lot of anime announcements get made. So uh we're going to basically in this segment just run through a bunch of the big things that were announced during that time. So, first off, Bleach is coming back. Someone here watch Bleach? Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Neither have I. Yeah, Bleach is, yeah. Oh my god, y'all never watched Bleach? <laughs> it's like one out of the few anime that I've actually watched. I read, I read the first few chapters of the manga. It was like Japanese Ghostbusters. I like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. All I know is that it gets crazy later on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bleach is coming back. So I think the last time they did an anime for Bleach was a very, very long time ago. Um, like, do you remember, Alicia? Since you seem to... Oh, I guess it's to clarify, when I know Bleach, I watched it so many times when I was younger, but uh-huh. not of power in the age anymore. I didn't uh... really watch, like, the first two seasons back in end of May. Or, not first two seasons, first two episodes back in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want me to do a quick search, I could. <laughs> yeah, do a quick search. Da, 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 da. So, according to the good old internet, the last episode was back in 2012. 2012? Yes. Oh, damn. So, this is like 10 years after. Yeah, it's been 10 years since the Bleach anime, literally. So, you know, wow, that's big news. Yeah, Bleach is coming back. So, that's one of the things that was announced the second thing that was announced was trigon stampede so trigon that is a it's quite an old anime series it's very short and it's very well loved um but i also bet that most people here don't know what trigon is oops yeah (laughs) yeah it's old it's an old show um but basically they're redoing it again they're just readapting the manga again and for people that don't know the story of trigon it's about a cool uh, gunman dude who lives in the wild wild west out in space somewhere and there's a bounty on his head so high that literally everyone's trying to kill him so you know that's a fun little story so that's another of the announcements the next one panty and stocking with garter belt uh this, this this one jp you mentioned yes off i was air, very that- yes off air i was very very excited for this and i also remember off air everyone was very concerned <laughs> <laughs> very true but yeah yeah because it's a really weird show yeah. so for for those who don't know what Pantheon <laughs> stalking is um it's been ages since i've watched it but it was an anime from like ages ago and it was basically like a big satire of american cartoons and the two main characters panty and stocking they are angels who were basically so horny they got kicked out of heaven for being too horny and now they had to make their penance on earth killing demons um so it's a very fun little like high action i don't know slapstick uh cartoon or anime actually you can't really tell you can't really tell and um i don't know there's a lot of raunchy humor a lot of people loved it and a lot of people had been clamoring for a second season for like 10 years and now it's back so yeah that's pantheon stalking that's another of the announcements yeah Uh, what else yeah oh oh, before we move on i just thought it was interesting because it's studio trigger and from my memory wasn't pantheon stalking done by guy next yes but you see leisha 
Yes. Trigger is basically all the people from Gainax. It used okay. to be Gainax, and then all the cool dudes moved out and made their own thing. <laughs> Studio Trigger. So hopefully, hopefully it ends up being good. I hope that comes mm-hmm. out well. Um, next up, Mob Psycho 100, Season 3. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yay. yay. I'm just our, saying yay because Lee said yay. <laughs> yeah, our boy Mobu is back. Uh, mm. Yeah, what the hell happens in Mob Psycho? He's just a kid. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, do we know what part of the story is going to be covered for Season 3, Lee? Um, I did not read the manga, so mm-hmm. I think it would be continuation from uh, Season 2. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Well, it's yep. it's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be good. I agree. Yeah. Mob Psycho never fails to deliver. This next one, though, I think you'll really like, Lee, because it's solo leveling. Yeah. It's getting an anime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Hey, listen, Lee, I've never read solo leveling. So I'm mm-hmm. like, can you tell me what the gist of it is? Yep. So it's like in the world where pretty much there's people with powers and they're called hunters mm-hmm. and they oh. have to go into like dungeons would open up across the world and they would have to go there and clear the dungeon. And if they don't, the monsters from that dungeon will come out into the real world. Whoa. So only the people who are hunters can go in. And our main character, Sung Jin Wu, he starts off as like a level, a rank E hunter, which is like the lowest. So I forgot why he's there. But then that dungeon turns into like a double dungeon, which oh. pretty much means there's another one. And then the another second one, one is OP. Pretty much everyone almost dies, but he survives. Um, And then this mysterious program called The System chooses him as like a player. And only he has this program. So no one else can see his like abilities to level up. And he can, there's no limit to the ability that he can obtain oh so high ability ceiling he can get super op yeah so he's super op oh Um, oh wow that's so interesting yeah Yeah. no because i was like i've seen the name solo leveling so many times because again for listeners who don't know solo leveling it's like a korean manhwa um webtoon essentially type of thelio so it's very interesting that Again, something which is of a Korean webtoon realm is getting an anime adaptation. And I wanted to ask, since you know solo leveling, what what do you think about this choice? They're going to anime adaptation Um, world. I am excited for it, but I think there has been like mixed reviews. Mm. Um. I don't know if you remember, but Tower of God was also a oh. manhwa. Yes, it was. That and got an anime. Yeah. I didn't watch it, and I also didn't read it, but I heard it was um, <laughs> not good. Not uh, <laughs> mid? Mid? Yeah, mid? I, that's, that's what I heard, but I, I'm not sure myself. <laughs> Wasn't okay. that one also done by Crunchyroll or something? And now... Oh. Is that one done by Crunchyroll? I don't know. I'm just I saying. I think uh, uh, the animators for solo leveling will be A1 Pictures. Ah. Yes. Uh, but it, it, they're just releasing it on Crunchyroll. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, A1 Pictures is doing pictures. this yeah, one. Yeah, A1 Pictures ah. will be animating. Um, Hiroyuki Sawano will be doing the music. He did oh, Attack on Titan. Where's Aaron where we need uh, him? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron needs to be here. He knows him. But yeah, uh, music will be good. He's hoping that they followed plot. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully that goes out well. Uh, it would be great to see more like Korean webtoons getting mm-hmm. adapted for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And the trailer looks so nice. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just like almost a single shot of this main character guy, but it is a 
powerful. It looks cool. It yeah, does, it does look cool. Yeah. But he looks so cool. I have a little okay. crush on him. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for that. We'll review it when that comes out. Leisha, give us your thoughts. Okay, but anyway, that's solo leveling. Uh, but we got a bunch of other announcements. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Uh, I haven't read it. Who cares? Next one. Oh uh, my god. Oh wait, you're a JoJo? Yeah, he's a JoJo fan. (laughs) (laughs) Colors. Lee, I thought you had taste. (laughs) JoJo's good though. It's good. Is is this gonna be good, Lee? I haven't read JoJo. I stopped reading it, but (laughs) I watched watched part one of this Stone Ocean. Uh huh. And yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, JoJo is good. Oh, it's a continuation of the current arc, Stone Ocean. Oh, it's like a season two, right? It's like oh, Attack on Titan final season part nineteen. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Oh okay, so God. it's JoJo. JoJo's always going to be fun. Like, whatever. When you it comes said out. You didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, backpedal. Please, the JoJo fans. <laughs> right no, I mean, I personally don't read JoJo, but what I do mm. know is that, like, no matter what happens, JoJo is JoJo. Like, JoJo. it's always there for you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like in your ups and downs, lefts or rights, you know, <laughs> so he's there to support you. Yeah. But you know what else is hype other than JoJo? Um, new Chainsaw Man. News. Uh, Very news. small, but I guess actually, literally, news. we were so disappointed because we thought they were going to release a full on trailer. But um, uh, literally, I think the only news they gave was like, uh, we're not going to censor anything. That was it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all they said. Um, <laughs> But I mean, that's good because the gore is part of the charm. Yeah. It's part of the charm of Chainsaw Man. Um, mm-hmm. But that was but yeah. all the news? Yeah, We're that's it. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think other than that, all we know is that the second part of the manga will be releasing very soon. Yeah. So I think by the time this episode release, releases, um, the second part of Chainsaw Man might be out already. So I don't know. That's pretty hype. But other than that, yeah. That seems to be all the big news for Anime, anime Expo. Expo. Yeah, anime. Yeah. Love anime. <laughs> but anyway, Jeez. if there was some, if there is a bunch of other Anime Expo news that we missed, which we most definitely did, um, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Because obviously we can't cover every single bit of news, but if there's a certain announcement that you're really excited about, let us know about it. Yeah. Hey, 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 you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard more by J-Hope from BTS. And before that, we also played Dark Adaptation by Gwangil Jo, which was uh, requested by Josh. Again, thank you for the request. Uh, after that, we played DDKD by Ha, featuring Justice and Dynamic Duo. And then Boom by Lee Minhyuk from Huta. Now... Next up, we have a discussion about K-Pops lost in America. They are in America. They are lost and they are K-Pop. <laughs> All right, whatever. Let's move on. So as a perfect way, I feel, to start July, 
this amazing news came up, which I'm sure all of us are jumping for joy, especially me. Please send some. Is it an anime, Alicia? <laughs> um, yeah, you would think usually we go on the route of like, ooh, anime adaptation announcement number 150. But no, this time, K-pop gets its chance to have some maybe a terrible or good film. I don't know. Let's try to be positive a little bit as I talk about this news that came out literally on July 1st. What a way to start off the month where an unexpected incoming film is said to be making our way on 2023, which is called K-pop Loss in America. Yay. Can we get a yay in the chat? (laughs) Yay. (laughs) But okay, let's let's go. As I said, we're trying to be a little positive. Let's dissect what's going on with this movie. Some of the reported cast members include actress Rebel Wilson, Australian rep, here we go, and Riverdale star Charles Melton. We also have a chance that K-pop idol Chao Unwu, who you may know him from Astro, the K-pop group, he may also potentially be in this film. It's a bit of a yes or no type of situation, but as K-pop statements like to put it up, he's positively reviewing it. But yeah, so that is some of the news of the cast. Let's dissect it again. Rebel Wilson, Charles Melton, and potentially Unwu from Astro. Let's breathe in and out as we think about that. But anyways, anyways... <laughs> Let's go to what the film is actually going to be about. So according to this report by Deadline, the film is going to be a story about a K-pop boy group that finds themselves stranded in Texas just days before their global debut tour kicks off at New York's Madison Square Garden, the only venue to ever exist ever. With no (laughs) phones, no money, and no transportation, the group must overcome a series of crazy obstacles in order to make it to New York City in time for their U.S. debut. Whoa! I... I don't want to say much about the plot yet, but we'll talk about it soon. But let's go through the details. So the movie is going to be directed by South Korean filmmaker J.K. Yeon, or known as Yoon Ji-kun, who notably directed the 2009 film Heyunde, or Tidal Wave, and 2014's Ode to My Father. And also this movie, K-pop Lost in America, this title is making me go insane. We'll also have Linda Opsti, who apparently co-produced Interstellar, that one really popular Hollywood film, and CJ Group's vice chairman, Miki Lee, as the producers of this film. But yeah, that is all the news we have about this new film called K-pop Lost in America, which is set to come out next year. So guys, what do we think? Uh, Story-wise, <laughs> is, is this going to be like Eddie Murphy's Coming to America? Or? I don't know. Like, what, what is, what's that movie about? Is this you movie? haven't seen it, Alicia? No, I don't know. Neither have I. But I um, so Eddie Murphy plays this prince from this fake African nation. He's looking for a bride. So he decides to go to America to find his wife. And it gets like culture shock. Ah, from living in America. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess we take that and it's like, oh, let's put a K-pop boy group and they're going on tour. Then for some reason they're stranded in Texas when they're trying to go to New York. 
Are they going to get into like cowboy shenanigans out there? Yeehaw. And then they're like struggling to find their next single. And then as they travel through Texas, they get inspired by Western <laughs> cowboy music. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> And, and then it's gonna be like embrace a, american life and then it's gonna be like a four town thing where they come up with a whole album where it's oh, all country no. music inspired and it's all about their time in texas and whatever happens in movie and then rebel wilson <laughs> she's definitely gonna be a cow woman cowboy but yeah i'm just i'm in shock by like every single Thing that I uttered in the beginning of this segment, <laughs> like I can't believe this is real. <laughs> K-pop has gone too far. We need we need it removed forever. That's oh. it. The genre oh. needs to be gone. I, I can stand never listening to my favorite artists ever again. Sorry, Red Velvet, but I need <laughs> I need K-pop gone. <laughs> yeah, no, K-pop yeah. seems to have you know lost its way. Yeehaw. It seems to be a bit lost in America. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> this is the dumbest <laughs> title for a movie I've ever heard. K-pop lost in America. If you hear it as like a headline of like a newspaper, maybe it just oh, sounds yeah. like someone being really xenophobic towards the popularity of K-pop in America. You know, mm-hmm. K-pop lost in America. This title makes me feel like they want to create more like sequels or something where it's like K-pop lost in blank. You know, going around <laughs> the world. Or, <laughs> But now it's gonna be like K-pop lost in space or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. On the way to their concert in Alpha Centauri, Astro <laughs> get waylaid by a stray comet. Hell, will they survive? Oh no. <laughs> like the whole thing is implausible. First of all, K-pop groups starting their tour in Texas totally no. implausible. They always start on the coast, and then someone gets Corona, and the Texas dates get postponed. That is generally how things go. Secondly. How do you just get lost without phones, without money, and with no transportation? I think they get mugged. <gasps> Maybe they get mugged. They show up in the airport. There's like all the fans are there and stuff. And then secretly somebody puts them in the wrong bus. They end up in oh. Texas. I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait. Because I was Googling the director. On Wikipedia, it puts his style like the first thing is gross out comedies. That's like the first. <laughs> if you go on his wiki go right now his style is gross out comedies action disaster film and drama so perfect directing style for a movie about a k-pop boy group being lost in america oh, no. are they gonna be like farting in each other's faces <laughs> i don't want that <laughs> why would you put this oh, in no. <laughs> but if you look at the actual wikipedia pages for his films like one of them was the fourth highest grossing film in the history of South Korea. Korea, literally. His stuff seems to be like really like somber. Just like looking at the plot summaries, where does the gross out hero fit into this? I have so many questions. It's probably for this one movie he has called Sex is Zero, which quote unquote has been compared with American Pie, which is this other American movie, which is like a very gross out comedy if you put it in that way so maybe that's where the genre style comes from yeah i don't want to dissect that <laughs> too much um well the multiplicity of man <laughs> you can make disaster films about war and you can make gross out horrible comedy films and you can make k-pop lost in america. america it will really truly be interesting to see how this movie 
will just even exist in the first place because I can't even believe this is real. Like, I can't believe this is genuinely something that we're talking about because it's a real thing which is really happening and is really coming out sometime next year. But yes, to our listeners, if you are just as baffled as us or maybe, who knows, you might be really, really excited about this, let us know about all of your thoughts through Asian Bomb Nation, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, please, please help. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard Run by H1 Key, but before that, we also played Love Aid by Vivi's and Wanna Know by Iris. Now, you're gonna wanna know about this next segment because Leisha has been watching a very deplorable show called Change Days. Uh, <laughs> actually, is it deplorable or not? I don't know. I just personally don't like it, but uh, you'll hear our thoughts pretty soon. So, while I was away in Malaysia, um, there was this show that kind of like popped up on my radar during my time gone. Um, no, it's not that whole money heist show based in Korea that's happening right now. Um, I actually want to talk about this other new show, which is also a Korean show, but a reality TV dating show instead that is currently airing on Netflix right now. It's called Change Days, season two specifically, which is airing right now. It's been airing since... Um, June 2nd with new episodes currently being like posted every Thursday until the 14th of July so yeah I guess I just want to talk about this show because the whole concept is quite interesting and let me tell you why it's interesting so once again yes it's a Korean reality TV dating show it's about these four couples who all um, have different reasons for why they are on the brick of breaking up at the moment and the show essentially puts them on a trip to Jeju Island where they must swap partners and go on dates together and I'm guessing the main objective of what they're trying to do is have each individual kind of decide on whether they can really mend their current relationship or potentially end up on a spicy juicy new relationship with someone else and you as the audience can like see this new bond like progressing or you can see this couple figuring out how to like mend their current relationship problems but yes it's a it's interesting that's icky (laughs) This that is, is toxic. Icky, bro. <laughs> Why do you like this, Leisha? Why? I, I never even said if I like it or not. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I haven't said whether I liked it or not, but I am watching it at the moment, so maybe... Uh... Oh, you're, you're still watching it. You obviously <laughs> I, I like be, it to I some degree. I could be watching it. I could be hate watching it. You never know. I hate watch. Oh my down, god, Leisha. <laughs> Why? But anyway, <laughs> okay, okay, so... I guess see what we're go- what we're working with. So we have the most long lasting. Lo- what the heck am I saying? The most long lasting couple. We have Lee Jung Hyun and Choi Hui Hyun. So this couple is interesting. Their whole dynamic is that they've been together for the longest, but also they are in the brink of breaking up because the guy used to be a formal idol, but he's now like a dance instructor. And if some of you guys know a little bit about K-pop world, you know, like trainees to. The process of being like a training to an idol there's a lot of money and financial insecurity that gets involved and mainly now at the moment he is about to go to the army because when you're an idol you can kind of push the army date like a little bit back but now he's about to go to army and the girl and the guy are like again they're on the verge of thinking they want to break up yes or no because she's fearful about again financial insecurity and now since he's not an idol anymore they can kind of like i guess 
stay more openly out there. But then she feels like once he goes to the army, they kind of restart again back to like not being able to see each other a lot and stuff like that. But yeah, that's them. We also have this other couple, Kim Tae-won, who's a fitness trainer, and Kim Hae-young, who's a nursery school teacher. They're essentially on the brink of breaking up because they have two completely different love languages. He's much more craving like affection and stuff like that. And she is not so into that. And that's their main conflict at the moment. Um, we also, oh, and they're also, I think the only couple that are quite explicit of like, they are on the verge of actually breaking up. The other couples, they have hope, but these two are really like, they yeah, hate each other. They're like, I think we're going to break up. <laughs> I think we're going to break up in the show. I don't, don't see how we're going to work type of thing. Um, they don't inherently hate, I guess, each other too much. I'll say maybe the girl kind of doesn't like the guy more than the guy. Just, like the guy's holding on much more. Yeah. Anyways, and they have a whole hoo-ha because of age differences, but whatever. But anyways, the next couple is this 529-day couple, Min Ho-gi, who's an actor, and Choi yoon Seol, who is a college student. Um... All I have to say about this couple is that they need a breakup like ASAP. They are the <laughs> they are the definition of probably being the most like having the most toxic relationship out of all the couples. They fight every scene that they're together and they've said they've broken up 30 times throughout their whole relationship. I don't know how you can break up with someone 30 times over in the course of the 529 days you've been together, but there you go. And then the last couple is considered the reunited couple because they dated for nine months. They broke up for three years after the girl ghosted him. Um, and then they recently started dating uh, back again for 171 days. So that is Kim Do-hyun, who's a math teacher, and Kim Ji-woo, who's a beauty YouTuber. That is all the couples. Yes, I'm currently watching the show. Yes, it's so, it's kind of dramatic. And I think if you're someone who's in a relationship, please don't watch the show because it's, very, <laughs> it's quite um, intense. But I think for single folks, it's an eye-opening moment, at least for me. Eye-opening? In what way? Um, okay. it's just it's just really interesting to see how different, like how differently each couple like talks through their problems and how they like communicate with each other. Again, it's it's like a whole new different world to me. It's crazy. And also the fact um the whole concept is that they're dating like other people, and it's so weird because it's like, should I be the panelists are also confused because they're like, should I be rooting for this? <laughs> this random pairing that occurred or should I be rooting for this couple to like actually mend and fix their problems and not go off with this new random person you know there's a weird moral <laughs> moral issue behind the show but yeah, it's- this is ethically questionable Alicia <laughs> <laughs> but it's currently airing yay okay yay <laughs> yay and it's yeah it's it's quite dramatic but i think if you're someone who likes the drama aspects of like singles inferno or for example you probably will like this because there is a lot as the audience and i guess as the panelists as well there's a lot to dissect and also by the way for all you people curious about the panelists code kunz i think out of all of them gives the best advice (laughs) it's like genuinely he's genuinely the best like advice giver out of all of them and i was very shocked i was very surprised but yeah (laughs) <laughs> I read somewhere that he said the saddest part of 2021 was like filming for change days. Oh, really? <laughs> sad in what sense? Like mm. it was just sad to see them suffer that way, the couples, or is it like sad because he hated it filming or she hated it or something? 
said, um, one would think that the show would be very rough and irritating, but it's actually very sad. And there were a lot of moments that moved my heart. I came to film with the mindset that there may be hope that morality still exists. The show ended up in the <laughs> What a deep response for This is what like, I mean. Wait, 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 what was, wait, wait, what was his conclusion? <laughs> that morality does exist or does not? Um, I think he means probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I came to film with the mindset that there may be hope that morality still exists. But this show ended up influencing me to reflect on myself a lot. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, Crazy. guys, if you watch the show, this Lisa, guy. I'm not watching this. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, but no, this code guy has so unexpectedly intellectual thoughts to say in the <laughs> show. Like, wait, what do you mean? When you, when you say give advice, does he give advice to the couples in the show? Or is it like a general to the audience sort of thing? Like to the like to the couple and stuff. Like if a couple oh. is like having like an argument or something, then he's like, ooh, yeah, they he definitely should have like said it in this tone instead of blah, 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 coming this way. And she should have blah, blah, blah type of thing. And I'm like, wow, why are you? you, you? And the rest of them are kind of like, ooh, that's so sad. Ooh, that's rough, you know? But he's like pulling in the paragraph. He's like a sports commentator. <laughs> He's like, guess, oh, yeah. you approached it at the wrong angle. If you had done this, you would have scored the goal. Oh, it's a shame. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a harrowing experience. Yeah, like harrowing experience. Oh, yeah. So do you not recommend it to couples because they might see it and like project what's happening <laughs> to the people on the screen to their own partners? Is that? I mean, maybe. Why? Yeah, maybe. I don't want to be the cause of more couples. Zeni, here's the thing. People are dumb. They copy whatever is on the screen. So you have to be careful. <laughs> I would say as a single folk, it's a lot more entertaining than watching. I'm just like, wow. Some couples like, wait, if people like are this. in a relationship and watching it, it hits too close to home. Is that yeah? Sort of- yeah, okay, I feel like yeah. But if you're like a single person like me and you're like bored, want some drama, this is this is the right lane to go for. Some. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit sing- hit hit Leisha up. She's single. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, after watching this show, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be in these people's shoes. <laughs> they're like, they're like really going through it. Some of it, oh I'm like, I'm like, should I be in this room watching it? But I'm, I'm still pressing play. I'm still going. But uh, yeah, again, interesting to see how it ends. It is still airing at the moment. By the time this episode comes out, the last episode will be airing on that week. So if you listener are listening to this now and you baby also want to watch the show, please, I don't want to be alone. <laughs> let's bond together about this show let me know what you think all your thoughts to asia foundation on our facebook twitter and instagram um and yeah i like trash tv wow Hey, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard Trust by Thuy featuring Rini, but before that, we also played Friendzone by Minsu featuring Big Naughty and Chemistry by Jean Seizure. Now, next up, uh, as a nice fresh change from Change Days, we have some discussion about some LGBT Korean TV shows that are coming up, mostly reality shows. Yeah, Leisha would love these for sure. Uh, But yeah, let's take a listen. Okay, so last segment, if you weren't around for it, Leisha talked about Change Days, I believe. Yes, a trashy TV show. This is a TV show from what Leisha describes, tailor-made for people who want psychic damage from their reality TV watching. Like um, me! <laughs> sick people like Leisha. Um, if instead, dear listener, you're in need of some psychic healing, 
May I recommend two new LGBTQ reality shows that are launching this month on Korean streaming sites. These are Merry Queer and Strangers Love. Now, these are hopefully shows that will showcase significantly healthier relationships than the ones that Lisa just described. So just to go through what these shows are, first of all, we have Merry Queer. And this is actually the show we have the most information about because it's actually premiering tomorrow as of the day of this recording, July the 8th. This show has been described as the first coming out romance reality series in Korea, which focuses on the challenges of being an LGBT couple. In terms of hosts, we have three hosts. We have Shin Dong-yop. Shin Dong-yop, very recognizable dude. Like, I did not recognize his name, but I looked up his face on Google Images, and I have seen that dude in so many shows. He's hosted, like, 40 shows. His niche seems to be love and relationship-focused shows, including We Got Divorced, Can We Love Again, Love Catcher, and Mod You Love. For some reason, he just seems to be the go-to dude for reality TV shows about love. He just loves love, you know? <laughs> yes. We also have Hong Suk Chun. And Hong Suk Chun is a pretty impressive person. He was the first Korean celebrity ever to come out as gay in 2000. He at the time was a pretty famous actor and variety star. But because he came out of the closet, there was massive public outcry about it. And he lost like all of his show deals and lost all of his roles because people were absolutely outraged that someone would be gay in 2000. And in response to the backlash, he basically retired from the entertainment industry for a few years. He became a restaurateur. He has gradually regained mainstream acceptance over the years and now hosts a bunch of shows again. So that's nice. But you know, pretty important guy, Hong Sok Chun. Our last host is Honey of EXID. She just seems like a cool person also single-handedly saved EXID from disbanding because a fan cam of hers went viral. Um, when I first saw this news, I was really, really surprised because Korea is not exactly known for being the most progressive place in terms of LGBTQ rights or recognition. Homosexuality is legal but not widely accepted because they have a conservative Christian faction of the population that stages protests at their pride parades every year and just generally screws stuff up. Gallup, which is like a surveying company in Korea that has been doing surveys there since like the 70s, has a question in their surveys that asks whether or not gay or lesbian relationships are morally acceptable. And in 2002, 38% of people thought that gay or lesbian relations were morally acceptable. 38%. In 2022, 20 years later, that number has increased to 71% morally acceptable. Pretty much a doubling, which is, you know, it has shown that the country as a whole seems to have become more accepting over time. It's good to see. In 2019, they also conducted a poll that found that 62% of people in their 20s were supportive of same-sex marriage. Now, if you think about that, like in, say, Australia or America, 62% seems like quite a low number. But considering the fact that Korea was not long ago quite violently anti-LGBTQ, that seems like an uptick in numbers. Not just in South Korea, I think a lot of countries in Asia, there has been a slow progression into embracing LGBTQ plus just people in general. But definitely we have like a very, very long way to go, especially when you're comparing it to other Western countries and stuff like that. Um when I was back in Malaysia, 
Oh, the biggest like hoo-ha was about the Lightyear movie because it was. Oh like, yeah, there was a lesbian lady. Yeah, it's just one kiss scene between two females, but then that whole thing caused a whole hoo-ha in Malaysia, Indonesia, and I think Singapore as well. That that movie was just flat out like banned purely because oh, betrayal of LGBTQ couple. Ah, how can that be? And it's just like. God, like stuff like that just reminds me of just particularly with Asian countries, there is definitely a very, very, very long way to go. So it's really great that there are going to be shows like these, which focus much more on the realities of being an LGBTQ plus couple. Dramas and stuff are also a really great start. Like, what is it? Thai ones are really popular, aren't they? Thai BL ones are very popular. Yeah. And every time I see those, I'm like, that's great. That's nice. But they're also always just male couples. There's not much writing behind it. And also it's a drama. So you're not actually really seeing like real queer couples existing in like an Asian country and stuff like that. So it's like be nice to see these shows coming up. I'm scared it's going to be kind of like heartbreaking stuff that's going to happen. But hopefully it will also have a nice positive turn to it i don't know i don't know yeah, it's not going to be all heartbreaking actually the other show which i have completely forgotten to talk about to now so so far we've been talking about mary queer which yes. is the one where we've already had the host confirmed mm-hmm. and we also have strangers love which will be released hopefully this month they say in july mm. which is a dating series where gay men move into each other's homes in search of love is what enemy phrased it as. Korea Boo phrased as <laughs> they move into each other's homes to check out each other's honest feelings, which is very like I directly oh. translated this from Korean. Yeah, um, <laughs> that one sounds comfy. <laughs> There's like hope there, like we might be able to make it work. The start of a relationship is always mm-hmm. the most hopeful part, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one does sound very comfy, very wholesome. Again, I'm excited Unlike for these two days. shows. Okay. You sick, No, I also, I love the ideas of like these two shows and the fact that they're actually like, not the fact that they're ideas, but the fact that they're actually full-fledged like happening and going to be airing live in Korea. It's going to be great, fantastic, more positive perspective of the queer experience in asia and yeah very excited <laughs> i'm like i'm just thinking back to change days i'm like god that shows a nightmare compared to all of these so ty tracy for keeping us on the note about actual nice wholesome shows that are happening and ones which are very much needed especially right now yeah so <laughs> you have any thoughts about mary queer or Strangers Love, or maybe, you know, because we're pre-recording this, maybe you've actually watched Mary Queer. If you got any thoughts on it, feel free to message us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We accept DMs. Hey, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation. You just heard Lemon Man by Sankara, but before that, we also played Retail Therapy by Julia Wu and Do This My Way by Jocelyne 9.4.0. Now, next up, we have a discussion about one of the greatest movies of all time following the release of Morbius, of course. We are talking about the new Minions movie. Yay!
You might have seen people on TikTok showing up to watch this movie in suits and bananas in their breast pockets. It's the movie none other than Minions Rise of Gru. Oh and my god. Listener, you might be wondering why we are talking about this movie, which is totally an Asian movie, by the way. Um, it's because Michelle Yeoh and Jackson Wang are in it, kind of. Yay! Yeah. We love Yay. Michelle Yeoh. You're yeah. talking about Michelle Yeoh. This. So she is Master Chow in the movie. Oh my god. And... I think. Would you care to explain to us who Master Chow is? <laughs> yeah, who, who, the name leaves a lot to imagine. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Disclaimer: there's... Literally, none of us have watched the Minions. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. We we're 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 not one of those kids who have like a TikTok and we're going up with our suits. Sorry. We've only read Rotten Tomatoes reviews. That's how we know the movie secondhand. Yeah, we know the movie, it exists, it's a meme, and we're here hopping on to it. Yep. And she is a master of kung fu. Oh my god. Oh my god. That the minions look up to. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, okay, at least this means, because from what I remember from the last movie, and I hate that I can even reference the last oh, movie, which means I've seen it, Um, they kind of, in their little, like, origin story they always follow the what is it the most powerful leader most evil most evil powerful person ever and it's like great that michelle yo got her characters got that going for her in this (laughs) one you know if they're following her i guess we're just talking about it because we're just in disbelief that this well one we were just in disbelief because the meme to begin with with the tuxedo thing but then as we looked into it deeper we're like wait a minute wait. why is michelle yo in this movie and then we looked at the soundtrack we're like wait a minute jackson <laughs> wang jackson wang yeah he sings the song born to be alive which we're actually gonna play later yeah <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, this is an Asian movie, guys. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the Asian representation that we were looking for. Yeah, how are you guys? In a Minions movie. Exactly. How are you guys feeling? Like, wow, isn't this not the greatest news ever? Dude, okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, we actually have a pro, we had the keyword, a pro Minions expert who goes by the name of Ethan, but Mm. he He is, is, he is AWOL right now. He is not here, but he will be listening back on this, maybe, who knows, but... But yeah, so he's left us poor souls who have not been exposed to the beauty of these banana. <laughs> I can't oh. even say the fruit right anymore. <laughs> yeah, banana suspenders wearing people. Uh, oh my people god! People. I don't know about that. Oh, sorry, people. sorry, not people. Little yellow things. Freaks. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> Hey, hey, this is the Asian... Okay, maybe not great that we're using the term, like, yellow a lot. <laughs> okay, maybe. Asian oh rap. Oh, no. We're not saying that the minions themselves are It is are an not... Asian movie. No! Oh, <laughs> my God! We're just... Oh, no. The minions the themselves. The truth behind yeah. the minions. minions. Oh, my God. We cracked the code for something. <laughs> Oh, it's actually a really racist. They weren't really on the iceberg. They were in Japan all along. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my my god! Oh my god! No, no, we're just—it's just Michelle who's the. I mean, I do think it's inherently 
uh-uh, suspicious that she's like her character is just a a master. I'm I'm kung pretty fu. sure I'm pretty sure her character is like the token Asian kung yeah. fu. Like, listen, I'm going through a bunch of reviews right now because I don't I don't care to watch this movie, but. <laughs> What I have found <laughs> is that Master Chow's character, which is Michelle Yeoh's uh, character in yes. this movie, is an acupuncture warrior who oh trains God. the minions in the art of martial arts. But that's literally it. Like it's like it's just for the sake of a uh, you know a training montage, and she does oh you know she trains. <laughs> that's her <laughs> And then there has to be like a scene where they're like just going around Chinatown and the minions are like, ooh, fortune yeah, cookie. Yeah. What's that? And it's like, I'm God. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. God. God. It's just like, this is too much. <laughs> no, no, literally, she is just, oh, guys, you know, we're all celebrating my Asian rep, but damn, why, why, why is Michelle Yo in this? Like, we endlessly rave about her in everything everywhere all at once and the fact that this this minions movie is probably going to give her a bigger paycheck makes me in pain this is just another <laughs> alternate universe where <laughs> you're making the call. have you even watched the movie yeah. yet everything everywhere all at once yeah i have watched it wait you've seen it by now yeah i did oh i what? didn't tell you leisha <laughs> wait oh crap did? yeah i did wait what would you rate it uh it's like um I don't know, a few bagels out of a few. It was good. Okay, I'm suspicious <laughs> about that. that was okay, good. I, we need to put numerical value out of okay. five bagels. Out of five bagels? Maybe like, um, man, I don't know. It's like 3.5. Oh my God. What? Oh my God. How could you say that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> 3.5. Yeah. Oh, let me guess. If you watch Minions, The Rise of Gru, how many Minions will you perfect, get? Perfect. <laughs> Not a 10 of Minions. Perfect film. Perfect. <laughs> truly, truly the movie of all time. A24 wishes they got their hands on the script. <laughs> Minions. Yeah. Oh my god. Though I'm sure even if I do watch Minions, they'll never top Morbius. No, I actually tried to watch the first few minutes of Minions on the plane because they had it in the Oh, they had it? Oh. Yeah, but then I fell asleep, so I can't really tell you. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I I got, like, the first, I don't even know, 40 minutes of it, and then I knocked out, and I woke up, and it was the end credits already. I was like, oh, great movie. Wow. (laughs) Did you learn the names of the Minions like Ethan has? Oh. Yeah, they have names, Leisha. Did you know that? No, sorry, I'm not the real. They have names, Leisha. They have families to feed. They have (laughs) dreams and passions. Feelings. You can't just treat them collectively, Leisha. They are individuals of their own right. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I I've seen the the errors I have caused, and I'd like to make a sincere apology. (laughs) 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 Sorry, minions. You got a great. Um, soundtrack behind you, which features Jackson. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, if you have any opinions about the new Minions movie, yeah, if you actually went out of your way to see it, yeah, yeah, featuring Michelle Yeoh and Jackson Wang, um, (laughs) let us know at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cue the Jackson song, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Hey, 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 you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard Act by APRO featuring Joy Lane, Lee Lamars, and Spray. But we also played Born to Be Alive by Jackson Wang and Robot Swing Me to the Moon by Robot Swing. Now, next up, we have an interesting, somewhat off-kilter discussion about Sonic 3 and a mystery that surrounds it. Let's take a listen. All right, everyone. It's the last segment of the night, and just in case you guys haven't noticed, the past few weeks we always leave the weirdest stuff till last. This evening's story concerns the 1994 Sega game Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and the King of Pop himself, Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh God! Whoa! Actually showed up live on APN. It's That's me, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Yes, like John Paul, Michael Jackson has two first names, Michael and Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So on June the 23rd, Yuji Naka, notable Japanese man and former lead programmer of the original Sonic the Hedgehog games at Sega, wrote a series of cryptic tweets that seemingly confirmed a decades-old internet mystery. Now, I think I'm just going to read out his tweets first. His tweets relate to the new remake of the Sonic games, which is reportedly not using the original soundtrack, so they're going to be replacing Mm -hmm. large slides of it. He said, Oh my god, the music for Sonic 3 has changed, even though Sega Official uses Michael Jackson's music. Now, the decades-old internet mystery that he unearthed in tweeting out this very innocent series of tweets was the, I guess, the conspiracy theory that Michael Jackson wrote music for the 1994 Sega game Sonic the Hedgehog 3, despite never appearing in the credits for that game. Oh, Um, yeah, that's me. (laughs) 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 Now, uh, Yuji Naka, seeing the furor that he had created, clarified that his comments were actually about Sega using Michael Jackson's music in a TikTok, not in their 1994 game, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Mm -hmm. Um, But the damage was done. All sorts of gaming outlets ran with the headlight. Yuji Naka confirms Sonic mystery and stuff like that. So today we're going to be talking about that Sonic mystery. Strap yourselves in because this is a really old story. So the theory that MJ wrote music for the 1994 game has been around since at least the early 2000s. In fact, a 2006 YouTube video comparing Sonic's soundtrack and Jackson's songs was one of the site's first viral videos. The Sonic fans are really dedicated and as conspiracy theories tend to do, it sort of amassed a following of evidence collectors. There was a while where they would just basically, whenever someone revealed that they had worked on this Sonic game, they would just like bomb them with emails being like, did Michael Jackson work Whoa, on it? Oh, really? Please oh my speak of Now, they eventually collected a lot of evidence. So this evidence includes the fact that MJ was a huge Sonic fan and he was a huge video game fan in general. In fact, he actually had like a video game room. Like really? At his studio. Yeah. Damn. So he would like record, get tired, just play video games, come back, record. Wow. <laughs> play video games. Relatable. Sega actually released a Michael Jackson game. It was called Moonwalker and it was released in 1990. It was based off a movie that he was in. You know, fun old media things. Uh-huh. There's probably a video essay on YouTube about it. I'm oh, guessing. for sure. MJ was such a huge fan of Sonic and because of his previous connections with Sega, um, 
obviously producing a game with them. He actually toured the Sega facility while they were developing Sonic 3. Also, lastly, six of Michael Jackson's musical collaborators were credited on the soundtrack. The man himself, though, does not appear. Eventually, several people scored interviews with Michael Jackson's team of musical collaborators. According to MJ's people, he was dissatisfied with the sound quality of the Sega console, and so he wanted his name to be left off the final product because it was like, it's not up to my standards. Which is different to Sega's story. According to people who worked at Sega, MJ did contribute music to the game, but it was completely scrubbed from the final release in 1994 in response to several allegations around Michael Jackson that came to light shortly before the release of the game. So they're all like, you're just imagining things. His music didn't end up on the final project at all because MJ's people were like, hey, our music definitely made it in. And Sega is like, no, we scrubbed all of it. It's all been replaced by um, non-problematic musicians' music. So what is the truth? What do you guys think is the truth? I like to think that his music made it in. Me too. Yeah. I want to live in that reality. Yes, and that and that is according to some new evidence that our team member Lee has sent to us through chat. <laughs> it is an image of Michael Jackson sitting in like an arcade sort of place playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And he's looking at the camera and he's definitely smiling genuinely. And he's got a controller in his hand and he's playing Sonic 2. So I think this picture hammers the nail in the coffin. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sure he made the music. Yes. Yeah, I think Michael Jackson yeah. was like, I wanted to be true so bad because yeah. it's crazy. I like, think in the 90s, like video games were still a, a sort of niche ish thing in the uh-huh. 90s. Like, they starting 90s. to get big. Yeah. Yeah, imagine like a huge, imagine like Taylor Swift writing music for Genshin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. What a, oh. what a perspective to put in my oh, head God. right now. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy, right? Wow. <laughs> in terms of the pop stars of today, who do you think would be most likely to write music for the God. next Genshin update? Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Yes. In terms of the K-pop. This, this is how we're finishing this. BTS, yes. Genshin. <laughs> They've made songs for games, right? That were like owned by their company. Really? <laughs> yeah. Haven't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. Oh. My head for some reason. Okay, it just went to Blackpink only because they already uh, apparently are having a song for PUBG. So I feel like that that that's the next route, right? From shooter game to to. Oh my Genshin. god! No. Yeah, that's true. And we also had, um, what is it, KDA pop stars? Like yes, for League of Legends. Yeah. yeah, that was really yes, popular. they did do that. Oh, I would yeah. love for more video games to go like the KDA route of having like their characters do songs, but then the people who are singing them are like <laughs> idols or something. I don't know. Like the whole Madison concept to me. Madison Beer. Oh my God. Yeah, I want more, more of that. Um. Ed Sheeran in the new Mario game. Oh, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you laugh now, but I think if you told people in 2021 that the Minions movie would have <laughs> contributions from Tame in Parlor, Thundercat, Phoebe Bridges, what? and Kira Wack, I think people would say you're out of your mind. Oh. And yet here we are. So I'll end with my theory that yes, Chris Pratt will be lip singing and it'll be Ed Sheeran's voice coming out. In the I like this theory. We've hit rock bottom, guys. I don't think there's any lower we can go. Um, 
If you have anything to say at all about Michael Jackson working on Sonic the Hedgehog 3, please message us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard Girlfriend of the Dead by So Good and Lily Wee. But we also played Into the Sun by Superorganism featuring Gen Hoshino, Stephen Malkmus, Pijama, and Axel Conchato. And after that, we also played I'm Mortal by Silica Gel featuring Sogum. So, this is pretty much the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. It was really, really nice having you here again for this new season. If you happened to miss any of the discussions we had earlier, make sure to check out our podcast at APN on the Send website. You can listen to all of our discussions there. And if you want to send some love to us, make sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Thank you again for tuning in, everyone. Tonight, we're going to end off the show with Semas by Amira Karin and Fly by Choi Aim. Have a good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.